Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we thank you that your word is filled with mysteries and that the great mystery Uh, at the heart of your word is the cross of Christ. Give us your spirit now to lead us into this mystery. Fill us with wonder and instruct us in your wisdom. We pray in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. So uh, on Sunday mornings, we have uh, been studying through the Gospel of Matthew, and actually this is the next passage in uh, the sequence that we've been going through here in Matthew uh, chapter 12. And I decided uh, just to continue on during uh, Good Friday because this next passage, uh, in this passage, Jesus predicts his coming death, that uh, he's going to die. And he says, I'm going to spend three, you know, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the, in the uh, belly of the great fish, I'm going to die and I'm going to spend three days and three nights in, uh, in, in the earth. And uh, actually, this passage is really related to the readings that we're going through in, in 1 Corinthians um, because in verse uh, 38 of this passage in, in Matthew 12, it says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees a- answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. You want to see a sign from him. And Jesus says, I have no sign for you except the sign that I'm going to die. That's the sign you get, is that I'm going to die. And which is exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, I think Seth read that for us, where in 1 Corinthians 1, Paul says, For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. And Paul says that the cross of Christ is both God's sign and God's wisdom. The cross is God's sign and God's wisdom. What does that mean, that the cross is God's uh, sign and God's wisdom? Well, in this passage, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus gives us two mini sermonettes from two passages of the Old Testament. One is from Jonah, the prophet Jonah, and the other one is from 1 Kings 10 about the story of uh, the Queen of Sheba when she comes to visit Solomon and hear his wisdom. And both these stories illustrate something powerful about what the cross, about what Good Friday is all about. So I'm going to just briefly talk about each of these little sermonettes that Jesus gives. And the first one is this. The first little sermonette is on the story of Jonah. 
And from the story of Jonah, Jesus tells us that the cross is a sign that leads us to repentance. The cross is a sign about God that leads us uh, to repentance. Now, for many of us, we long to have a sign from God. Maybe some of you have said that at some point in your spiritual journey. Why doesn't God just show me a sign? Why doesn't he just show me that he's there, show me that he's real, show me that he's loving and that I, he can, you know, I can know him? And what Paul says in 1 Corinthians and what Jesus says here is that God has given us a sign. And the sign that he's given us may not have been the sign that we wanted from him. Maybe we wanted something miraculous and, uh, and it, of course, it, ends up being miraculous. But what the Bible tells us is that if you want a sign from God, you want to know that God is there, you want to know that God is loving, that God is real, you should look at the cross of Jesus. Look at, again, what these verses say. Verse 39 in Matthew 12. But he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Now Jesus is obviously making a parallel between him and Jonah. He says, Jonah kind of died. He went into the fish. and was kind of three days in there and I'm going to be three days until my resurrection. And he's uh, predicting a parallel with his death and Jonah's death. But there's actually something more, a bigger connection than just this three days dead parallel. And actually, if you don't know the story of Jonah, Jonah is, uh, is a story about a prophet in uh, ancient Israel who God had told him, I want you to go to, this, uh, to uh, Nineveh, which was the capital city of the, this foreign power, the Assyrians, who were this violent, pagan, dirt, you know, dirty pagan people that the, the, uh, the Jews had nothing to do with. And he says, I want you to go to them and tell them uh, that you know, their evil has come up to me and I'm going to judge them for their evil. And Jonah runs the other way. He says, I don't want to go and tell them. And the reason he doesn't want to go and tell them is, he says, is he, we find out later in the book is because he knows that if he goes and tells them, they'll just repent. And then God won't judge them because he's so loving and kind and forgives people so easily. He's such a pushover. And he says, no, they're my enemies. And I don't want you to be gracious to them. So he runs the other way. And so, of course, that's when Jonah gets thrown in the sea and the fish comes and eats him and he gets spit up and he says, all right, I've learned my lesson that God has been gracious to me, so I must, be, you know, I must be gracious to these people. And so he goes and he preaches to them, and it turns out these people who knew nothing about God, they hear and they repent, and they say, we want to change our lives, and we want to know God, and it appears that they convert. And it's this amazing story, and what Jesus is saying here in these verses is he's saying, you think those lost, broken, violent, godless people, you know, they converted when Jonah came back out of the fish, that's just a smidge of the lost people, the people who are broken, that are going to come and know God's grace through my death. And after my death, I'm going to go out and I'm going to draw people from all the nations of the earth and they're going to come and they're going to repent. And what he says to his generation, he says, look at what Nineveh did when, when Jonah died and he came back to life. They repented. So what that tells us is the first thing about the cross is we meditate on the cross on Good Friday is that um, the cross is a sign that calls us to repentance. 
it says that we should see our own sin. We should humble ourselves before God. And we should ask for his grace and we should turn from our evil ways, just like the Ninevites did. Okay? So that's the first thing, is the cross is God's sign. The cross is God's invitation. The cross is God's picture that he is real and that he's loving and that we should seek after him and we should trust in him. But there's a second little mini-sermon that Jesus gives in these passages. and It comes from the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings 10. And it tells us that the cross is the wisdom of God. If you want to know God's profound, mysterious wisdom, you must look at the cross of Jesus. And look at verse 42. This is what Jesus says. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she, will, uh, she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. And, uh, you know, Solomon was uh, the great king. He was the son of David, uh, in the, in the 10th century BC, who had, uh, God had told him he could have anything, he could make a request of God, and he made a request of God. He said, God, give me wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. He was kind of this, the, the wisest man of antiquity. And um, this queen, the queen of Sheba, comes, and she wants to learn from Solomon's wisdom. And when she goes to Solomon's wisdom, this is what, this is what it says back in 1 Kings 10. She says this, Because the Lord loved Israel, he has made you king, that you may execute justice and righteousness. And uh, this is how she describes the wisdom of Solomon is justice and righteousness. Now let me ask you this. What is wisdom? What is the, what is the mark of a wise person in the world? There's probably a lot of ways you can answer that, but I think one way that you can answer that is that wisdom is being able to be in a situation where you have to do two things that seem to be opposite to each other and you have to do them at the same time. Right? So let's say you're going to have a hard conversation with someone that you really care about and you need to be honest with them. And you say, on the one hand, I need to know, they need to know that I'm not rejecting them. I really love them. I care deeply for them. And yet, I need to challenge them on some aspect of their life. How am I going to do these two things? They seem opposite together. What do you need? wisdom, right? Or if you own a business, you'd say, I need to have a, you know, make a product that is really beautiful and well made, you know, and really takes care of the customer, but I also need to be thrifty and I need to save money. How am I going to do both those things? Wisdom. And there are two things that appear to be opposite with God. His justice his justice that God cannot tolerate the selfishness of humanity and our darkness, the darkness of humanity. He can't tolerate that if he's just. And yet, God has this unconditional love. How is he going to do these two things of his justice and his love at the same time? And it turns out, in his wisdom, he finds a solution where Jesus bears all the wrath of God for us. God is just. All of our sin has been paid for in Christ. And yet, he welcomes sinners, even the worst sinners, to come and to be forgiven. And he, he has an un unconditional love is possible. These two opposites come together in the cross of Jesus. And that's why the cross of Christ is the wisdom of God. It is his brilliance. It is his problem-solving, you might say. And so the story of the Queen of the South says that the sign and the wisdom of God. How do we see it? The cross is God's sign about who he is. The cross is God's profound wisdom. And that humanity, they're not the sign and the wisdom that we wanted. 
But it turns out when we give themselves gives ourselves to it, it is the, the sign and the wisdom that are beautiful, that are life-changing, and that invite the broken of the world to come and to know God. And so what that says to us is that if, I, if you're here today, if you are the lost, if you are the violent, if you are the one who's far from God, who do, you don't know God, if you are broken and you ask, what does God have for me? See the open arms of Jesus on the cross. He invites you to come and to be forgiven, to behold the beautiful wisdom of God. And through his death and through his life, God will embrace you. This 